0: Welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast after the Reds secured a spot in the last 16 of the Champions League with a 3-0 win at Ajax. The lads started slowly and survived some early scares, but goals from Salah, Nunes and Elliott either side of half-time ensured that every little thing was indeed alright. To chat through the events in Amsterdam, I've got Dave Usher, the editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and long-time contributor Stu Montague. We'll also be looking ahead to the Saturday night kick-off against Leeds. Uh, Dave, in many ways, this was sort of just like the Rangers game a couple of weeks ago, some early strife, but once the quality began to tell, it was easy going after that. And uh, another goal for your boy Darwin, making up for that shocking first half miss.
1: Oh, yeah, I tell you what, nobody's more relieved at a player scoring than me tonight, because I was thinking, oh my God, I've got to come on and defend my boy, yeah, and it's like defending the indefensible, like the sitter that he missed, and like the little pathetic like flop holding his face as well, and like people were pissed off with that. I like, God, oh, I've got to try and defend that, but I don't have to defend nothing. Now he scored six goals and seven starts. Even that's me nice. dad couldn't say nothing tonight. He was cursing him after the after the miss, but you know <laughs> when he scored, he was like, mm, you know that that's a good header. I'll, I'll give him that. That's a good header. So like that's the the most praise you're ever gonna get. So um, yeah, six goals and seven starts. I mean, it could easily be like twelve and seven. That's the mad thing. Mm. So it the that's the good thing' it's Like there's still so much, like room. For improvement and room for him to get better, but he's still he's still delivering the goods, even now while he's still like just bedding in and that. I mean that that chance that he missed, fucking hell, it's like so bad. But then um, he does a header like that, like right in the corner, just quality. But Mm. I I just thought that tonight was weird because the first twenty five minutes we were proper shit. We we couldn't string a couple of passes together. We looked vulnerable at the back. It was just really really poor. And then it was as though we just needed to get used to the formation we were playing. And then once, like, they figured out what was going on, I felt like from about half an hour onwards, I, th- I thought, like, we were comfortable. You know, we're by far the better side. Ajax didn't really threaten much after that. And uh, 3-0 was probably, like, the minimum that we could have had. You know, if we did, needed to, I think we could have got a couple more in the second half. But, you know, we just saw the game out. But, um, yeah, the formation's weird. I don't, I don't think that's something that, it's you know when we switched to four four two, it was like okay we might we might stick with that for a while. I don't think we're we're probably going to see this again for a while, but you know it did the job tonight. So you know good, but yeah, it's just I wasn't expecting to see us line up like that. I mean, Stu will talk more about the the formation because he's our tactics guru. He's the one with the coaching badges <laughs> and that. But just what I would say about it is like you know when you're playing footy manager and you're looking through the formations. And you've got like that, the diamond, and the the two like side players like right by the touchline. I always look at that and go, no, 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 fuck that! I'm dragging them (laughs) two inside because the middle of the pitch is wide open, and I just can't like. I just can't deal with that, so I always bring me side players in and make it a nice, neat little compact diamond. But today we had like the the, the two side players were just basically playing as like wide midfielders. It was just mm-hmm. it was just weird to see, but we did settle and uh, once like they figured out what they were doing, I thought we were we were pretty good.
0: Yeah, Stu, what did you make behind uh, the change in formation? Like early on, as they said, I didn't think it worked too well. We were being played through again, and there was lots of space in behind the fullbacks and sort of some of the problems that we saw. Earlier in the season, um, what did you make of it, and and how did you like Darwin lining up on the left of the three?
2: I was um, I wasn't as concerned at the start. I, I thought the the commentators were overregging it a little bit of how well Ajax were playing, or how poorly we we were playing. I thought the first chance they get is off a really fluky deflection where you know it comes off someone's foot and flies into the box, and then we have to scramble. That's not the end of the world. They got another chance where I thought like. Verge was being fouled a couple of times, got a big push in the back, and then they get a chance from that. So I, I, didn't, think, I didn't think we were too too sloppy or too shoddy. I felt like we've gone into that game probably playing the diamond and thinking, well, we'll just try and be solid in the middle so they can't come through the middle and they'll have to go round us. I was saying to the lads in the group, though, that usually when you do that, you, you try and stay nice and central. And as Dave saying, what we were doing was we were getting those side midfielders to go out and press the fullback a lot of the time. So, they, so Harvey would go out and press the full-back and then the ball would get switched over and you'd realise that Hendo was going and doing the same and there was it just felt like there was quite a lot of space in there and we were sort of getting away with it a little bit. Um, but then, I mean, frustratingly, the, the other side of that is you, you do that so you get your two up top and then I was fuming because, I mean, apart from the goal, Nunes was poor for me. He, he's not looking after the ball, he's not... That's the risk you're taking. You're saying we'll be a little bit open because we're going to get these two lads in up top and they're going to do some damage. And I felt like we just didn't. We got it in dangerous situations. We could have more with it. And it was a bit, yeah, we could have punished them. Their keeper kept kicking it to us as well. We had it. We, we were picking it up in their final third a few times. And yeah, I just felt it was a bit frustrating. I thought other than the time when he got rugby tackled and then decided to have a little fall over over on, on the, uh, the touchline. Other than that, where I thought he turned his man well. He didn't look after the ball well. At all, um, the one thing I would say, like like Dave's saying, is he's, he's getting his goals and things like that. I, I do think he's got an incredibly high ceiling. You can mm. you can see that that even at the moment he's barrelling round and it's not quite coming off from uh, football wise, but he, he's getting his goals. You look at the numbers; he's like first for shots on target, first for like being in the box, touches in the box, and whatever in the league. So. I do think you look at him, and it's only the price that is making us all go. He's not, he's not a good buy, or he, he's not going to do it. For me, I think if he'd come in for twenty million, would we'd all be looking at him and thinking, oh, he's yeah. a talented young lad that he's going to kick Yeah, yeah, and you're going to go, oh, yeah. We'd all be thinking, like, oh, he's going to be some. Yeah, that, he's going to be some player. He's going to mm-hmm. be some player. Whereas we're all looking and going, well, we want him to be some player now because he was a lot of money. But I, I do think, yeah, even though he's a bit. He's a bit mad and he's a bit frustrating. I do think his ceiling is is really high, isn't it? You can you can see that if he if he does get firing, it could be, it could mm-hmm. be special, couldn't he? Yeah,
0: I mean, Stu, uh, you haven't been on the pod for a couple of weeks now, and we've we've spent a lot of time talking about this kind of stuff. So I'd be interested to hear from yourself on like what you want to see from him and what are the things that you you do like about him that sort of gives you the hope that this he could reach that definite high ceiling that he has.
2: So the big thing I thought when he came in that I liked was his finishing. I looked at his numbers when he was uh in the Champions League. Obviously you can't get a really good feel for Portugal because he's beating up small teams a lot of the time there. But his numbers in the, cha- in the Champions League, so the, the goals he was getting from the amount of chances he was getting and so he wasn't getting loads of chances and he's he's finishing well. He's you know he's 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 outperforming his xG that sort of thing. So I was like, okay, that's that's maybe what we need. We need someone who's going to be clinical and, and finish things well. Then he comes in, you can see he's got the power, he's got the pace. Um, yeah, but for, for me, what he needs to be doing much better is just it's just giving us a staging post when that ball goes up there. I mean, I, I'm, I'm quite critical of that anyway. I've been on in the past now. I'll criticise Mo for that, the amount of times we're getting the ball in a dangerous situation and nothing comes from it. He's a, he's a, I think he's a frustrating player because he'll score something from nothing. And yet, sometimes it can still be frustrating, and so we end up at the end of a game where we're moaning about the defence, when the way we play is we play risky football to get those boys up top, the ball two v two, three v three. So yeah, just at the moment, I think Nunes needs to be looking after the ball a little bit, a little bit better. He needs to be hurting teams better. He definitely needs to be making better decisions than he was making that he's made over the last couple of weeks, where he's just you know there's there's clear passes on, and he's not finding them, and there's I mean, even the goal essentially comes from. I don't even know what that what that was—a shot, cross, or something—that the keeper mm-hmm. palms out. Um, yeah, it was a bad but cross, again, wasn't it? It was. It was. a But again, you look at it. He gets his goal. It's a good header. He's strong. He's powerful. It's a good header. So I mean, we can demand what we want from him from him now. He, I think he is still a young player, and he, I, we, as we said on the pod last time that was on Dave, we we're saying like, how many times has he actually played against good players in his in his life? In his life, he's been playing in Portugal, so he's been he's not been up against Champions League players a lot. So you know, probably coming to Anfield and uh, and playing in Melbourne is the first time he's coming up against good quality players consistently. So hopefully, that means his development will skyrocket, and you know, the the development becomes exponential, and he'll he'll start uh, clicking. Um, But maybe we just have to be a little bit patient because development isn't always linear with young lads, is it? Yep, yeah, definitely. Um,
0: Dave, I know I don't want to uh, go stick with Darwin for, for too long, really, but one of the things that I liked about him tonight was one of those little moments that you see from him, like these little sparks where you, you see exactly what he can be, and it was he had the ball on the left-hand side, I think it was just after his goal, and he was sprinting down the left-hand side, cut inside, yeah. and you, I, I'm thinking what Stu's been saying, that, that, that he's not going to do anything with this but he just like pings it into the middle where mm-hmm. Robbo's in. and it was lovely it was like it was. oh that was pretty that was pretty cool and uh, we we could have scored from that it turned out to be a nice little move in the end but i think it just fell apart um
1: didn't Harvey the, overplay the pass.
0: yeah but but that was nice a nice yeah. another little sort of green shoot from what we can expect uh, when he does hit full gear um but we talked about the start um not too great we we did settle um as the half went on and um we sort of quieted the crowd, <laughs> they they kind of just shut up after Mo scored that goal and it was a lovely goal. Uh, fantastic ball with the outside of his foot from Hendo and uh, an even better finish from Mo. Yeah,
1: uh, Hendo did really well, he's he's won the ball hasn't he, I think they, he just got his body in front, the guys tried to win the header, Hendo's got in front of him, turned him, uh, lovely ball, perfectly weighted. And the finish from Mo, it's it's really good because when I first seen it, it felt like the ball was a little bit behind him, and he's in front of the goal, so he's got to try to like angle it, angle the finish. And uh, it's only when I watched it again, I'm like, oh, what, what's the keeper doing? You know, it's a lovely finish by Mo. He's just flicked it over him, but the keeper there was, you know, and on um, on the the third goal as well, you know, the Harvey's goal, the keepers just made himself small. Yeah, I just don't yeah. think he's a goalkeeper. I mean, he looks like Jimmy Bullard as well, so that doesn't inspire <laughs> confidence, does it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a lovely little dinked finish by Mo. Great ball by Hendo, and that's you know it's a typical European away, isn't it? You know that's what that's like yeah. textbook what you're supposed to do. It was like keep it as tight as you can, 20, 25 minutes. Um, other than like that that sitter that they missed after two minutes it was fairly tight, they didn't have like loads of chances at that point, I think the second clear chance they had was, was after that when it, it was already 1-0 at that point so that's what you, you want to do you, you, the crowd started to lose a little bit of their enthusiasm and then you picked them off on the break which is what we have done, you know, we'd got them behind them finished it off, just what you need uh, and I just don't think we look back after that. Other th- They did have that one chance where the, you know, they could easily have, have gone 1-1. But then, equally, we've missed that sitter with with, uh, with Darwin as well. So, you know, it should have been 2-0 at half-time. So, um, yeah, but I just think that's like textbook away European. That's what you want. It's what wanted us to do at Napoli. And like we just ended up going there and just getting fucking blown away, didn't we? So, yeah, yeah I think we learned some lessons from that. But, I mean, as Stu said, that chance in the first couple of minutes was a little bit unlucky the way it, it wasn't like they just sliced through us it was like a lucky bounce fell to them in, in a good position and it looks really bad but it, in reality it was a bit unlucky but he should be finishing that i mean that was an awful finish Mhm. yeah
0: yeah i mean considering where we started the the, the campaign um stew considering um, the tumultuous start to the season the injuries and um, we've come through to the last sixteen again, something we've come to take for granted for the last five years or so, like maybe it's something we shouldn't take for granted this year and it's comforting to do it with a game to spare as well, so hopefully we'll be in better shape come February when things pick up again and um, we can kick on from here now
2: yeah I think there's a there's an element where we can sometimes underestimate the teams that we come up against, you know when we've been put in the past when we've put been putting away teams like Inter or Milan or even you know. Even Ajax; these are teams that win every week. So they, they you know, they, they used to win every week. They they aren't used to the same level of competition, I suppose, as the Premier League, where you are coming up against tough teams every single week. So, so you do. I think you can see sometimes, maybe over the past few years, the big boys in the Premier League have swatted them aside a little bit. You know, even you know teams that have won La Liga, won Syria, and they sort of get swatted aside. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it, that Napoli have never been that. We've played Milan and we've played Inter and even Juve at times have been a bit iffy over the last few years but you always know you're going to get a game off Napoli, you always mm. know that it's going to be a tricky game, they've, they've been I mean if it wasn't, if they weren't in in our group they'd be the team you'd be sort of excited about as like an outsider this year because they, they do look really good and it is nice that we won't have to worry about trying to get a result because you would be worried because mm. uh, there's, there's, every, there's every, you know every chance they come and they they can beat us at the moment because they are yeah. they will score goals we're, if we're a little bit fragile they look like they can score a goal you've got to hope now that if will they think it's won maybe rest a few players same as us do we both rotate in the next match what do you reckon I think so yeah yeah. And they'll probably want to win every game just
1: you know the the prestige because they've won all five now haven't they so they'll probably want to want to end it with like and the, you know they're flying in the Italian league as well so they probably think that they can go fairly strong against us and it's not really going to harm them too much and uh, domestically, whereas I think in our situation, we need to be resting probably seven or eight players for that game. Yeah,
0: It's a dead rubber for us, isn't yeah. it, completely, yeah. because their goal difference is 16 hours is nine, and um, I think even then, is it the case that they're it's 4-1 they win against us? The, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, we're looking at a completely unlikely scenario that, that we top the group, so... I say we, we come to some little gentleman's arrangement with them yeah. and just agree that we rest some players and they rest some players Ad and Ad everybody gets on with and it. In <laughs> yeah, we top and midfield, yeah. Yeah, that's fine by me. Although it is Anfield as well, isn't it? So, I don't think that would go over too well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to play Napoli again at all. Especially not in the knockout stages, but ever. unfortunately, not just this year, yeah, I don't right. want to do again ever. But now the knockout stages for us. I was just looking at the groups before we came on air, and um, you know, f- usually when you f- you finish second in the group, not every uh, group winner is strong. But I think there's only one possible scenario where we can't play someone really challenging in the next round now, because I think it's the Bruges and Porto group. Whichever comes yeah. first in that, we we would love to get that. But Group C is Bayern. What top um, Group? Group D, if Spurs win their group, yeah, we can't likely, play them. But if they, if they so get could, beat
1: by Marseille next week,
0: yeah, Marseille. then it's either Sporting group, and Frankfurt it? and Marseille. So that could be okay. So we'd group E is Chelsea, Marseille. we can't play them. Um, group F is Madrid, don't want to play them. Um, group G is City and Group H is PSG. So um, I want
1: Madrid. I know I've said this just, before oh, and it's always <laughs> backfired <by laughs> on me. <laughs> and <laughs> I distinctly know. remember saying like a few months ago, no, if we never have to play them again, I'll be more than happy. I don't, I've don't. i learnt my lesson. I want no part of Madrid. And I remember saying all that, and I still stand by it. When I'm saying I want Madrid, I want Madrid now. I don't want Madrid in the final. I'd rather play them now, next round. Give us Madrid over two games. I do not want to end up like getting Madrid in the final again under any circumstances because I just don't think that anyone's beating them in a the final. It's just something there with like Madrid in, in this competition. Give me them in the in the next round. Let's get it out the way. And if we get knocked out, we get knocked out. But if we get well, can we them, not have Porto instead? Yeah. Can we no, not no. have Porto?
2: We'll give give Bayern Munich Real Madrid and they can sort them out for us. Let no, Savio do the
1: business for us. And I think Real Madrid would probably end up winning. So i, I'd, I and I, I do want the chance to, to beat them and say, right, there you go record set straight, but that's not going to happen in a final, I, don't, I just don't ever want to play them in the final, so give me them next
0: the, the level of hubris on you is something to <laughs> behold at times, it's not it even really hubris,
1: because I'm not saying that we'll definitely beat them That's so not what I'm, say, I'm saying like, I want them I want the opportunity to try and beat them, and I'd rather have that yeah. opportunity in the last 16 than in the semis or in the final, I'd rather just get it out the way and play them now take me chances in the last 16 with them Okay,
0: so in terms of the hubris there's also an assumption there that this Liverpool team, based on what we've seen so far this season, is capable of making the final and getting beaten by Real Madrid again, that's a leap for starters. Well,
1: we've had worse teams than this and we've reached the final, so sure. you don't know how, how uh, it's going to be in the second half of the season, You know, yeah. hopefully like we have okay. that break sort out all the fitness issues and um, maybe like I mean, even if we we make a signing or two, there's no guarantee that they can they can play in the Champions League. I'm not sure how that works now. Um, I know they did change it. So, it, can you be cup tied now or not? No idea. I think you can. I think if you sign someone who's played in the Champions League, I think you can register them. Now, but I'm not. I'm not so, sure yeah. about that. Diaz played they in the Champions it. League, didn't he? Yeah. So they they must have changed it. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah.
2: wouldn't be the end of the world. PSG. I mean, I know they can. They can be good, but they can also. Are they top of their the group? Got, yeah, yeah, they could still win their group, can't they? I think, and they're not a mate. There's them. There's, I mean, Benfica. Benfica can win their group. I think that that group that PSG are in. Mm, so you could take. I'd, t- I'd maybe take the winner of that group if we didn't get the Porto group. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I mean, hopefully yeah. we've sorted our shit out of it by the time we get into the next round, anyway. Because if we haven't, we're quite
1: capable of getting beat by anyone. Real Madrid or or, or whoever. So, you know, if we haven't sorted ourselves out, it's not really going to matter who we're playing. Yeah,
2: that's true. I mean,
0: speaking of sorting ourselves out, that Mo goal really did sort of settle us down, and then it was plain sailing from then on. And um, we got the second soon after the break with um, Darwin's header, the result of his shot cross that was well pushed out for a corner. And uh, then just like the Rangers game, Darwin got his goal and Jürgen removed him from the proceedings and uh, the goals kept going, kept on flying in after that. Um, I, just, I just loved that goal from, from Harvey Stew. Like uh, John Brennan said to me, just as we were about to come on, that he loves H- Harvey because he celebrates his goals like we celebrate the goals. Yeah. You know, it's just so nice to see. I love seeing him get on the score sheet. And I know Dave's going to criticise the goalkeeper, but one thing I never really do when we score is I never notice shit goalkeeping unless It's an absolute howler. Like, too busy admiring the finish. Like, the finishes from Mo and um, Harvey were just lovely tonight.
2: Yeah, I think Dave's being being a bit cruel to the goalkeeper there. I think that's a good finish. He strikes it well, lashes it into the roof of the net. And I think people are sleeping a little bit on how how impressive harvey's been this year for a lad that young you know i saw some some numbers the other day that were saying of all the players that are under 24 in the premier league you know he's he's, he's involved in more whatever it is you know chances creating shots balls into the the final third all that sort of all that sort of business all the good stuff he's been like really heavily heavily involved in it and yeah i think people people are sleeping a little bit on how, how well he's doing to to be playing in in a Liverpool side almost every week at that age and to to generally be doing the business. I I was thinking today when I was watching it, when a ball when a ball gets popped into someone, there's certain players in the team where you're like, Oh I'm not sure if he's gonna look after that mm. Bobby Firmino can be one of them. Um when Harvey gets the ball popped into him in almost any situation, you're pretty confident he's going to look after it. Yeah. It's very rare he miscontrols it and gives it away, and he makes good choices. He tends to keep it if he's not going to do something dangerous with it. You know, I think I think we're all we're all wondering whether he's got the physicality to play in midfield, whether he's got the you know, the the um, the dynamism, that little bit of pace to get about that sort of thing. But when it comes to like a footballing brain and picking a pass and making a making a nice run. That little triangle out there of uh, Trent Salah and Elliot. I mean, there's there's not many better knocking around really for, for mm-hmm. causing teams problems and cutting cutting through you with a, with a clever move because that was that was a lovely move today. It was a nice ball from Salah. It's a lovely finish. Yeah, it's just it's just a great goal all round. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, Dave, for the reasons that Stu just explained, I, I almost feel like we've come to rely on Harvey a little bit in, in the last few weeks. Uh, like he's, he's become a really, really important player for us, and um, he, he is still so young as well. You know, it's it's a lot for him to take on, and he seems to be handling it really well
1: yeah he's he's got a great mentality and his decision making's really good lovely little footballer great technique the only issue really is like he's not lightning quick so you don't really want to play him in in a front three if you like because of the speed and then in midfield he's not not like the most physical player but there's been other players like a similar build to him you know we look at like inES there. David Silva, people like that, you know, they they were they ends up playing in midfield, and people are like, oh, maybe he's a bit small. Luka Modric as well started off as a forward, moved further back. Mm. So there's no reason why as he as he gets older and more experienced, he's not going to just nail down like a a permanent midfield spot because in terms of his technique and just football brain and everything, he's he's way ahead of his years. And it, it can finish as well. You know, he's he's been a bit unlucky a couple of times this season. Like, but a lot of the chances have fallen on his right foot, which is not ideal. His right foot's decent. It's not like he's one footed. I mean, that was a lovely finish tonight. And I've said the keepers made himself small, which he has. But it's still a relatively little gap that Harvey's had to. You know, th- there's not like a massive window for him to blast that ball into. So I'm not mm-hmm. taking anything away from the finish. I just think if it's my keeper, I'd want him standing up a bit rather than crouching down the way he was. But it was a lovely move. And yeah, great finish. And it, if if that would have been, if that goal had to put us ten nil up, I think Harvey would have celebrated the same way as he did because <laughs> it it just means that much to him, and you can see that. Yeah. So yeah, John's right there, like you know he he loves it, doesn't he? It's just there. it means yeah. so much to him. But yeah, great to see. And yeah, he was really good tonight. Really good performance. I thought he, hey. he also he plays all right at the weekend. Most most of them was shit at the weekend. He wasn't shit. He wasn't brilliant, but he was he was decent against Forrest.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, you know if he can turn out to be Modric or Iniesta or David Silva, then I think we'll all be happy with that yeah. outcome, right? Because yeah. uh, yeah. Nothing to be sniffed at there. But um, after the third one went in, it the the rest of the game was kind of like an, a non-event. Uh, really, after that, like I can, I was kind of like browsing my phone a little bit and you know checking Twitter and stuff and not really paying that much attention. Not a lot really happened really apart from um, another knock to Hendo which although it looked like an impact injury stew that might not sort of keep him out for long it might be enough that he doesn't play at the weekend.
2: Yeah I was hoping that was just him trying to milk it and trying to take a bit of time out of the game so we have to keep our fingers mm-hmm. crossed because given that we were just quite happily winding the game down and i mean that's what you want really isn't it but that would that's the perfect situation last half an hour get a few kids on knock it around no great dramas they they know they can't win the match you've got it boxed off that is exactly what we wanted so yeah a, a knock at that point is frustrating hopefully yeah. i mean we ha- we haven't got too many bodies have we so hopefully he's going to be fit for that unless we're looking at tiago back maybe from his ear infection your boy Nabby maybe. Oh. No. <laughs> he's he is been, your boy. Oh. Don't, don't, don't be backing away from I've it been, now. Listen, weeks I've not been on, or I've been hearing how <laughs> Nabby is my boy, and I uh, don't think I missed you saying I do. Uh, what was it? I cried off like Nabby or something with a cough. I caught that. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair though, credit to you on the last one when you were like, "Should we stop piling on Naby Cater given he hasn't yeah. played?" That was that was fair. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I think he gets too much stick, but he needs to be he needs to be available, doesn't he? We could, we really could do with the bodies. We could. Um, so if he's, if he, I mean, it's probably too soon this weekend, isn't it? You would have thought if he's only just back in training. Yeah. Fingers crossed on Henderson. I thought Fabino looked all right today. I thought he, he's been he's been looking a bit sluggish, hasn't he? But I thought Fabino for what was what he came up against was limited. But I thought he did all right in
1: that. Must have made sure he had a light teeth tonight. Yeah, but no yeah, roasting
2: on it.
0: Awesome, yeah, a bit sluggish. That's kind of putting him mildly. Yeah, Fabinho had a birthday at the weekend, didn't he? And he's the only man in human history to go from twenty eight to thirty eight in one birthday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're right. He did. Look, he did look a little bit uh, better tonight. And I'm going to defend you on the 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 my boy with cater stuff as well because I think the only thing that you've really ever consistently said about him is that he's he's okay for your fourth midfielder, right? He's he's Pretty the guy. Much. He's okay for your fourth midfielder, but and but that's yeah. still the nicest thing that any of us have ever said about him. So by default, he's your boy now.
2: To be <laughs> Deal fair, with it. like I I haven't dragged people up on it, but we did towards the end of last season when we were beating City in the semi final, and we were we were beating Newcastle well and. We were on, you know, we were chasing all four trophies. Quite a lot of people on this podcast were saying, "Oh well, Naby's, you know, maybe Nabby should start every week now." So he he, he was he was contributing towards the end of the season to mm-hmm. the point where we were like, "Is Henderson gonna start or is Kate gonna start?" I'm not bothered. We will have we'll have either. So you know, I think it's a bit revisionist to say that he wasn't contributing towards the end of the season. But yeah, I, I mean, like I say, yeah, your fourth best midfielder in a team that chased every single trophy in every single game and. It's not the end of the world. I get it. I get people want more from him, but you know, there's bigger problems. I think it's the
1: availability. That's the big thing. I've I've never been blown away by him. Never thought, oh, he was brilliant. But he's not shitty. That he has contributed. He's he's been useful at times, and if he was fit all the time, I think we'd all have a completely different view of him. But he just misses so many games that you tend to view him in in a much harsher light because of that. Like Thiago is is kind of yeah. in a similar boat with the games he misses, but when Tiago is there, he's brilliant. So you you will. It's frustrating when he's not there, but it's not held against him as much because when he's there, he's brilliant. Whereas when Naby's there, he's yeah yeah he's not
2: bad. He's played well there. He's not flashy. When he's no. good, he's not flashy. That's the that's my always my argument with him. When Naby kite is an eight or nine out of ten, a lot of the time is because he's he's just pressing well. He's winning the ball back or playing for Leipzig. Things. <laughs> or oh, he's progressing the ball well it's the final third Eight he, he does loads of, of basic stuff loads of basic <laughs> okay. yeah he does loads of basic metric stuff really well honestly one of the, I'll have the argument with anyone he's one of the best pressers at the club um, no that's true it's just, he's just he's not flashy when he's good he's not flashy he's more efficient a little bit like Wijnaldum was when oh, Wijnaldum was 8 10 you need to be working that back no, I'm, no, no! Not even mentioned was, in the same breath.
1: That no, people, when Ronaldo oh.
2: was good, he was he was never flashy. He no, but never
1: flashy. He was also never not available. He was like every oh, well, game. Yeah. He was, well, we he was that, Iron Man. We, yeah. I miss Genie. Me too. I miss Sadio
0: what's,
1: as well. Yeah. He's yeah. doing like no. all he
2: scored tonight. Oh, yeah, devastating. Yeah, Genie. I can't is watch him having
0: problems with the on me. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, both, it sucks both ways. It sucks that Genie's career has gone all to shit and it sucks that we don't get to enjoy Sadio anymore. Mm. But um, but there you go. Um, just sticking with Hendo for a second, Dave, um, we haven't seen him play on, on the left-hand side of the midfield very often. Uh, he did tonight and uh, I thought he was really good. Yeah, I thought he had a good game.
1: Yeah, it's not really where I want to see him, but I, I thought he, he had a good game. Yeah, played well. And the frustrating thing about the injury, I think he would have probably come off anyway. We, were, we mm-hmm. had, like, subs ready to come on, didn't we, at that point? And you, you kind of knew Darwin's going to come off early just because he played 55 minutes last week. They brought him off and he had, like, muscle issues, which caused him to miss the next game. So they were never going to leave him out there for long tonight. So you knew he was coming off. I also thought there's a good chance they're going to bring Hendo off because that's often the way, you know, it's... He doesn't do 90 minutes this season. It's very rare. How many 90 minutes has he played? Maybe once, twice, if that. So He did usually... against West
0: Ham last week, because I remember bringing it up, but I can't yeah. I think that's the only one that yeah. I can remember.
1: So I feel like he was always going to be brought off early because yeah, we're 3-0 up, so of course they're going to bring him off. So he gets that injury just probably a couple of minutes before he was going to get brought off anyway. Uh, it's one of those, isn't it? It was just like a knee-to-knee. So they really hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's that like you we'll know the funny bone back. when you hit it and it's like that. oh, you feel sick. It's that horrible pain. But is it likely to to still be bothering him by the weekend? I think he'll probably be okay if that's all it is. Might just be like a bit of bruising or something. I think he'll be all right if it's just like a knock rather than an injury, which is what it looked like. So, uh, but you know, if TR goes back, they might not need to start endo anyway because they, they they seem to be just rotating them. You know, like he'll start one week, then he's on the bench, and so we'll see what happens for Saturday. But I think he should be okay. And I think with Naby, a week's training, he could maybe have him on the bench. I don't think he's he's going to be ready yeah. to start by any means, but he could be on the bench, which helps because it means the bench is going to look a little bit like deeper now. So because it's been a bit threadbare at times in recent weeks. You know, you've got Bobby Clark on there. Who, you know, not against Bobby Clark, he's a promising kid that, but he's never getting on the pitch. So you've got them on the bench knowing full well that like you're not going to put them on so you know you may as well be having like eight subs you know it just reduces the pool of players who you're likely to use so if you get like nabby back and ox back whatever at least they're players who they might put on if it's needed i mm-hmm. that ramsey was ramsey on the bench tonight i seen him sitting yeah. there. was he was he named as a sub
2: yeah
1: no yeah, that's good you know yeah, i'd like i'd meat. like to see him
0: Hopefully, we can get a look at him before the World Cup break. Is that a League Cup game before the World Cup? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll probably see him then. Then, right? I guess
1: He might have an all Scottish right-hand side that night. Ramsey and Ben Doak. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, that kid's he's fucking class. Really. So great. tell us,
0: I mean, like for people who don't know him, because I don't, who is he and what does he do? Got him from Celtic. Uh, I think he played for Celtic's first team actually. He's 16. Uh,
1: he's like. Small and stocky, he's quite strong, really quick, very direct, he plays on the right wing, uh, he just beats people for fun. It's like when he, he's he's um he's been brilliant in like the, the kids champions league. I watched him today, didn't see the whole game. I put it on after about 35 minutes, we got beat 3-1. Uh, anything good that we did came through him. He set up the goal, he has a couple of good runs. It's like when he gets like 1v1 he'll usually beat the man and if he doesn't, they're always at full stretch, you know, desperately just like lunging to stop him going past them. Just looks really good, like scores goals, creates goals, fast, direct, skillful, intelligent. He just, he's one of the the best prospects I've seen in like Mm. quite a few years. So, I hope he'll be involved against Derby because we've not got too many, if you want to rest first team players, which you kind of need to do, there's not too many people Mm. that you can be bringing in. So, I I hope he's
0: involved. If you want to if you want to, like, re- remind us of a player, tell us a player who he reminds you of without putting a uh, a silly label like the Polish Messi on it.
1: Oh, fucking hell. A bit Rooney-ish? Uh, in terms of... A
2: little bit of, It's shape-wise, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Stocky, physical... Yeah, but... Uh, not... Rooney wasn't, like... He didn't play on, on the wing, for one thing. No. Um, so, no, I don't really know. I mean... I I wanna say something, but it's it's gonna make people go, oh really? Uh, there's like some shades of Jordan Ibe about him, and it's easy to knock Jordan Ibe, But when Jordan I was a kid, he was really fucking good. Um, it, it's it didn't work out for him, and you know I don't even know if he's got a club anymore. He's had like a lot of issues. But at youth level, Jordan Ibe was like really exciting. Uh, it's this similar style, you know. He's he's got a good shot in in both feet, quick, strong, can beat people. Uh, explosive so yeah I just think I uh, think he's got a really good chance of making
0: it good stuff alright nice I mean I remember when Sterling left I not feeling that gutted because I thought Jordan Ibe was just going to come in and fill his boots yeah that mentality though thought, wasn't so it really, it's yeah.
1: Sterling was like Sterling's attitude was, was spot on I know he's been unfairly criticised for a lot of things really but really good attitude strong mentality and Jordan Ibe just didn't really mm. have that
0: nice um, so, like, like I said, the, the last half an hour of the game was kind of a non-event, really, apart from the Hendo injury and the substitutes. Um, is there anything else you guys want to add about um, tonight's game before we have a look at the weekend?
1: It was good to see uh, Baggett getting on. Yeah, he didn't look out of place. Easy game for him to come into, really. But yeah, I thought he did all right. He's only seventeen as well, don't forget. Yeah. So he'll play against Derby, I'd imagine.
2: Good. You could see a couple of the IX players are probably going to move on to. That, that people are talking about uh, moving on to Champions League clubs. I thought a couple, a couple was quite did good, right, wasn't didn't he? Yeah, that Tim looked lively. Mm. I thought the centre-half, even though he got away with murder against Salah, like everyone does, it was wrestling him and throwing him everywhere, but I thought he looked a handful as well. He looked like a... Bassey, the one who played in the left. Yeah. Yeah. But um, other than that, no, not really.
1: Can, can I just say, if we'd have got beat tonight... To a team that had fucking Davy Classen in it. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think I could have processed that. I mean, he looked about 50. Did you see him? I mean he was <laughs> shit when he was good. Uh, and like you look at him I'm like, fuck it, how old is he? It's like he, he's however old he is, he looks 20 years older than that. But I suppose that's what like being at Everton does to you. <laughs> Damn
0: it's like forty five, isn't he, as well? Yeah. 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 No coincidence that those two were brought off at the same time tonight. Anyway, um, good stuff. We're in the last 16 in the Champions League um, with a game to spare. Uh, That's something that we haven't always achieved even when uh, we've had a good start to the season. So happy about that. We can put it to bed for a little while and uh, concentrate on the league until the World Cup break. We've got Leeds Anfield on Saturday night. The weird quarter to eight kickoff after the shift from the Saturday to the Sunday back to the Saturday. And um, Leeds are struggling obviously at the moment. In the the bottom three, Stu, um, you you used to watch a lot of Leeds, obviously, because of your your, your love for Bielsa. Um, The results are kind of the same under Jesse Jesse Mars, just without the fun football, and now there's rumours of Sean Dyche being lined up. So so to go from Bielsa to Sean Dyche within a year would be (laughs) quite the change.
2: Yeah, that feels like quite the depressing change, doesn't it, if you're a Leeds fan? (laughs) (laughs) At At least they had some fun. Um, I mean, I don't know, you look at Leeds, I haven't seen a lot of them this year, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of them under Jesse March, but the form's dreadful, I mean, we could have said the same about Forrest, I suppose, but they've, I mean, I think they've they've not won in 5, 6, 7, something like that, so, I mean, we've got to back ourselves there, I, I think the fact that they've got March and they haven't got Bielsa, with, uh, with our with us putting patching bodies together and feeling like we're really leggy and running empty sometimes that's probably not the end of the world. I mean, I know they'll still run about a bit, but at least you knew you knew when Bielsa was coming. The game was going to be insane. You know, you you might win it, but you knew it was going to be that every every player coming off the pitch at the end of the pitch at the end of the game would be like exhausted. Probably wouldn't be able to play for another week. Um, so yeah, I I think. Again, is it? we would said the same for Forest. We've got to go into that and think that we've got to win that game. Um, we've got to have enough quality to win that game. And I just—it's interesting now that you don't know what shape we're going to play either, because it seems like for what for five years we did nothing but four three three, and now lit- we're doing literally anything, pull anything out of the bag other than four three three. Really, mm-hmm. um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if he sticks. If he sticks with the diamond, or if that was just for tonight. Because um, I suppose the one good thing about it is it does give you two bodies up top, and some of the times when we've looked a bit blunt, it's because we have we we haven't looked very dangerous because we've got the one and no one's getting around the one, and that one is sometimes Bobby Firmino's dropping into midfield. So I mean that's pro- I think that's what the Salah goal comes from really is that they all, they all follow Nunes and leaves a bit of space for Salah to get to get his goal. So I, I, I thought Bobby him.
1: was really good tonight as well. I I need to say that I thought he floated around picked picked up space yeah, just knitted things like passes, together yeah. i i thought he was really good he looked like he enjoyed himself as well it was a game which you know he, he wasn't like tightly marked all the time he was able to just get involved and find a bit of space and yeah i thought he
2: played really well he was a little bit loose with that when in our half he was a little bit looser with it than i would like when he, you know when he's dropping into midfield and sometimes mm. he's got a man on him and when it goes into Firmino you're like Oh, this this is a concern. Yeah, it's it um, is very yeah, as touch. Yeah, but most of the time he, he was he was a little bit loose with it, but I thought his passing was excellent. He picked out some lovely passes to put us through the lines. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's been him all season though. Really, mm. we, we wrote it, a lot of people wrote him off, didn't they, at the start of the year? And he's been he has been really good this year, mostly.
1: Yeah, yeah I'll hold my hands up, I I had them written off, but now he's been really good. Probably other than Allison. He may well be our best player so far. Diaz as well, but obviously Diaz has been out for a few weeks now. So, yeah, probably, he's probably been our second best player.
0: I do feel bad about uh, what I said about him after the United the United game on the podcast, where I said it was sad seeing him like this. And I, Well, well it, know, was, though, it was, though, wasn't bit, it? Yeah, I know, but he's, he's turned it around. So, yeah. well, well, I just feel bad for, like... Having so much doubt and and writing him off. Uh, one thing I wish he had done tonight is do what he's done a lot more this season and take the shot when he gets the opportunity rather than squaring it to Darwin. <laughs> I love that he squared so, that though. Do you? Yeah, I love. That I don't. He, I,
1: I do just because of the <laughs> what it signifies. You know, he's 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 so selfless. He's wanting Darwin to be getting goals because he knows like how important that is, and. Uh, I absolutely love that he he did that just because he knows it's more important to the team for Darwin to be scoring goals than for Bobby to be scoring goals because that's not specifically what Bobby's there to do. And Mm -hmm. I just love that about him. You know, there's no ego at all with him. He's like (laughs) I can't think of a player with like less of an ego than than Bobby Firmino. Yeah. Uh, There's
2: another one in the second half as well, I think, towards the end of the game where Almost every other number nine in the world just laces it, and he, he goes for the he goes for the extra pass to lay someone in, and it's just it's just it it's frustrating, isn't it? When you need a goal sometimes, and you're like, can you please, can you just put the ball in the back of the net? But even when it came to him for the uh, for the Nuno's chance, I was like, what are you passing for? And then as it slides over, you're like, ah, there you go, yeah, perfectly, perfectly good choice. Mm-hmm. Until also um, a perfect execution. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's your boy.
0: <laughs> my boy, yeah. Thanks, yeah, Dave's had more boys than the Catholic Church, hasn't he? <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> I know my boy Bamford's coming to Anfield on Saturday as well. What a Just, boy, yeah. On, on the subject of Leeds, though, I, I mean, I feel like Leeds are better than the results I've, I've been. Because when I watch them play, there's a lot to like about them. You know, I don't think they're an easy team to play against at all. Results haven't gone their way, but they should have got something against Arsenal. But my boys, missed a Penalty, um, he also had like a, a goal disallowed by VAR, and they could have had another penalty at the end. So you know, they really gave Arsenal a load of problems in the second half, and they were they were unlucky not to get something from that game. So I just I don't think that's like a, a pushover on Saturday at all. If it was away, I'd be properly worried about it uh with it being at an Anfield you always think we'll find a way to get the job done and win the game but don't be uh don't be thinking like just because Leeds are like near the bottom of the table that that the shite because they're not they're, they're a difficult team to play against and they've been a bit unlucky in some of the games that they've lost as well
0: i mean we have we have had these sort of um moments during the season where we think we're on track and then a game like Forest comes and yeah. and trips us right up again. Is there any chance you think that that could happen again on Saturday?
1: No, but I didn't think that it would have Forest either. So. Yeah. And also, this is the key thing here, is we've got no idea what team we're going to put out. Yeah. Klopp probably hasn't got any idea what team he's put out. And this goes back to you know, what we were saying on the last part about like how much influence of the sports science team got. Klopp's comments before the game would... I don't know, I didn't know what to make of them. I don't think he was being cryptic, but I didn't really get what he was saying when he's like, some players were injured, some players couldn't play even though they were here. And I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? No, I just don't. And you know, and when they're saying things like, if the game was tomorrow, Darwin could have played. Okay, mm-hmm. but does that not mean he couldn't have given us 15 or 20 minutes off the bench? I, I just... I, it's it's worrying like when you see Darwin's having to be brought off like so early in the game and I, I don't know I, I, you'd always have to be concerned who's going to drop out on the day of the game who are they going to say to Klopp no you can't pick him Um, so I, I don't know until you see what the team is you never really know what to expect because mm-hmm. none of us saw that team coming against Forrest did we?
2: No I think with the um, I think we chatted about it didn't we I, I think with the forward players especially it might not be the same as the midfielders, where you think, "Oh, if it, well, if he could play tomorrow, then maybe he's got thirty minutes in him." It might be again. I don't know, but it might be that the medical staff are saying he can't. Even if he's only on for ten minutes, he can't be getting into full sixty yards sprints.
1: Well, you said that in the the chat, and I didn't. I didn't address that. I didn't really think mm. of it at the time, but I thought about it the next day. Because I was thinking about what you'd said, and then I thought, hang on a minute, I, I sort of agree to some extent, but in that game, they were just basically defending the edge of their own box, and there was no space for Darwin to be going on like long sprints in behind. Mm-hmm. He oh, would have yeah. mainly just been playing in the box and around the box, because there was no room for anyone to run. So, although I see your point, in that particular game, I don't really think there was any danger of him having to do any sprinting.
2: I think there's there's probably massive pressure for, on, on whoever the medical team is to get people on the pitch. I don't think it's, I don't think they're you know they're probably they're probably not being cautious if they don't have to be. I wouldn't have thought. So uh, it's hard to know. I mean, Klopp will soon be crying if if we lose another forward. You know, if if someone gets another injury. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Without without knowing. How the medical team are working and what the exact reasons they're giving for why player can't this player can't play on this day i don't know well, it just it's bit, it does though. feel a bit it feels a bit weird that klopp is dropping these I, I don't like it he's dropping these sort of cryptic bits and bobs when it's like well it's only happening now when we're losing is it we're that... only we're only we're only whinging about these things now when we're losing i, I don't know i just Do, feel like you, we've um... always had players out
1: you know, we referenced it on on the last part. I think I think Paul mentioned it, the piece by Cy Hughes a few weeks ago, and um, I'm my memory's terrible, but like something I kind of vaguely remember from that was that the medical staff are like, you know, Klopp's like this jovial character and everyone loves him, but like the medical staff are fucking terrified of him because when they tell him like you can't pick this player, he's like he's a right bastard to them. You know, he's like, he just won't talk to them. He gets proper Caesar's <laughs> yeah. ass. And it, it's not like, you know, oh, jovial Jürgen, like laughing and joking. He's not like that with the sports science people at all. And there's been such a high turnover of staff as well in that department. You know, they've like replaced basically the whole department. Uh, so you do wonder what's going on on that side of things. And as like what I mentioned on the last pod, It doesn't seem like other teams are doing this. You know, it seems to be us who are doing this far more than anyone else with like mm. triple substitutions after 55 minutes and players being left out because, oh, well, we're a bit worried they might get an injury. It doesn't really feel like anyone else is doing that. So, I'm not saying it's wrong because what the fuck do I know about sports science? I do feel like maybe this is something where like we've got too it, much information.
2: Yeah, and but is it our pre season? Could be that as well. Is I it our pre season? Have we done something when they're talking about yeah. Colmire and stuff like that? is it something where we've looked at this season and we've gone right we're going we're going to front load all the work in pre-season. Mm. No one else has done that and, we, and and it's not worked. You know, you look at it and you go okay, yeah. whatever plan they had it's knackered us in the first stretch of the season. So even in the second half if it if it turns out it's genius and you know everyone's fit for the second half of the season. We yeah. might recover some points, but maybe that's it. Maybe pre-season, maybe we've Because everyone's doing something different apparently. Yeah. I I heard in pre season that everyone no club all the clubs were doing different things. Mm-hmm. No one really knew how to de- how to deal with a World Cup in the middle of a season. So they're all trying different things. Maybe we've tried something and it's shit, you know. Maybe yeah. we've we've fucked it.
1: That's what I feel is most likely. But we don't know. I mean, because we said it right at the start of the season, actually, you know, when we were like three, four games in and clearly something wasn't right. We were saying then either maybe we've not done enough or we've done too much. Like, we've got no idea either way, but clearly something. We didn't look like we were ready for the season and we've still never really looked fully ready at any point.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and last season complicates it, doesn't it? Because, like, you know, we're saying that we've had all these games last year and. I think it's more as well. I know we've talked about it before. It's probably more psychological as well. I think it. I think there's only so long that you can carry on going, winning every single week, having to get ninety four points, ninety five points to win the league. You get it, and you still don't win the league. Do you know what I mean? And, and then I think yeah. there's a. At some point, you hit a mental wall where you can't just keep doing that for five straight years. So maybe, maybe that has there's a bit of that as well in there.
1: I agree.
0: Good stuff, boys. I mean, the, the good thing about Darwin coming off after 55, 60 minutes tonight is that we should see him again at the weekend. Well, that's um, what we
1: thought last week.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, definitely. And well, uh,
1: hopefully we will see him this weekend. But, yeah. yeah, that was the whole reason for him coming off early last week was, OK, get him off. He's ready for the weekend. And then he wasn't ready for the weekend. What was the turnaround last week? It was Wednesday night. And then... So it was Wednesday night, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. morning
0: and now this one's saturday night
1: yeah so it's not a great deal of difference
0: yeah stop um stop yucking my yum you like i'm (laughs) trying to motivate myself for this game on saturday night because i've got like i'm going to a beer festival it actually in leeds in the morning um and I'm gonna tr- get the train to to Lime Street, and then I'm gonna have to literally run to the ground to get into the game, and I I kind of don't want to do it, so I'm just trying to keep myself as motivated yeah. and and happy, and and the thought of uh, Darwin bombing around for another fifty five or sixty minutes against Leeds on Saturday is is uh, is keeping my pecker up, so to speak. So.
1: Well, that's an interesting point, because is it just me or when I see like a team sheet and Darwin's not in it, I'm like, oh. Like a proper yeah. <laughs> now for somebody who people are like criticizing and saying, oh, you know, not sure about him and all that. When he's not playing, I'm proper gutted. Is that is that just me, or you know, is that because like you know, I'm I'm like he's, he's my boy and I'm rooting for him and you know I'm I'm confident that he's going to be good. Or is it or other people like that when they see he's not playing? Is it like really deflating? So for me, you
2: know, it's something's like, gonna happen, don't you? Precisely. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you know somebody's It's almost you know. Like someone throws a horse
1: on the pitch, like it's things are going to happen, it's going to be weird. But oh, things are going to happen, fucking hell. People are having a go at me for like for the, the Joe Gomez Titus Bramble thing, and you've just compared to our just throwing a horse on a pitch.
2: That's no, way you know worse than means? anything I said. No, but. but what was that thing someone put in, someone put in the group that uh, this this is the sound of Darwin Nunes playing football? <laughs> yeah, football so was... Explosions <laughs> and horns going off and comic noises and, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I get where they're coming from, but that, yeah. that is what you're going to get. You're going to get all sorts of craziness, but you're probably going to get a goal. That like clanging
1: noise that you get in cartoons yeah. and stuff. <laughs> it, was. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, the, it up the, mid, the mid-air feet
2: thing as well, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, nice. Well, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. It's also because, like, I haven't seen him play live that much. So I want to I want to get as many looks as him as I can before I have to go back to the States. Um, so, yeah, a number of reasons, really. Um, and everybody likes seeing their, you know, new big expensive striker kind of play and score and everything. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it if he plays.
1: Yeah, you know.
0: Who else do we think is gonna? I think yeah. You know. Who else do we think gonna line up then? I mean, Canate come back in now finally. Uh, possibly yeah.
1: He's, he'll have had a full week's training, so you might just want to go with a little bit of continuity and and just you know keep Gomez and Van Dyke together for another game. I don't know because maybe Canate comes in next week for Napoli would make a bit mm-hmm. more sense, wouldn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, Joe Gomez was good tonight, by the way. He didn't he have was. any. He didn't have any typical mad moment. It
0: was, Good performance, so yeah, good stuff. Credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to add, you guys, before uh, before we sign off for the night? Maybe a prediction, Stu?
2: I was going to just say I thought Robbo was good tonight. After Rob, that awful Robbo, touch when it, when he missed, yeah, I thought all Robbo it. was back to being his yeah. um, his aggressive, needly sort of dynamic set. Yeah, he seemed to be having a running battle with uh, Bergwine for most of the match as well. Yeah, but yeah, I thought I thought Robbo gave he just gave us that. That little injection of dynamism that that he hasn't been doing recently. So I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Robbo was good. So I thought that was worth a mention.
1: I thought he was quality. Um, He had that bad touch early on when he miscontrolled it and went out of play. From that moment on, I thought he was just superb. Great game from him. Oh, I'll tell you what I want to say. The Ajax manager, he just looks like Shelbyville Ten Hag. (laughs)
2: I felt the same thing. He does, doesn't what? he? Yeah.
1: It's like you know, like oh, that episode of The Simpsons when like when there's uh, Bart and Hugo, like his twin who like lives in the attic and eats fish heads. That looks like Ten Hag's Hugo, like their manager now. That's and I also I tell you what else I think about that as well. I always think that Steve Cooper is like, he's like the Hugo to Craig Bellamy's Bart. Oh. Are you seeing that one? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that still feels harsh on Bellamy.
0: Do you know? Do you know what I thought? It's like that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dennis has left, and so they get the sex doll Dennis <laughs> and just have him in the bar instead. My mum thinks the the new Ten Hag looks like uh, Danny Murphy as well, and I presume that's just because like he's bald, he's got some yeah. stubble, and he's a little bit rotund. <laughs> I guess. Baldies all look the same, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah. Especially if they got facial hair. It's
1: just a shame we haven't got Paul on here tonight.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Paul will be listening now. I can hear his teeth grinding as we talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, predictions for Saturday and then
2: we'll call it a night. Stu. Um Let's go let's go two nil. Let's be optimistic and say clean sheet again. Two nil. Mm-hmm. Nice, solid, boring, I'll take that that over a mad 5-1, I'll take a 2-0, nice, boring, solid, don't give them too much, one in the first half, 160 minutes, that'll do me please.
0: Okay, sounds good.
2: I'm going
1: 2-1 or 3-1, my boy Bamford's going to score, so we're going to need 2-3 or to make sure we get the points.
0: Okay, I'll agree with you, I'm going to go 3-1, Darwin hat-trick. Nice. Love it,
2: nice, love
0: it. All right, good stuff, boys. All right, um, I think we covered some good ground there. Uh, Dave will be back with some of the lads after the game on Saturday night, although it might be Sunday morning, depending on what time everybody gets in. Uh, good night for the Reds tonight. We're through to the last 16 of the Champions League, and we've beaten European Royalty 3 0 away from home. So, uh, some good things uh, to come from tonight. We're looking forward to Saturday. Until then, we'll catch you soon. <laughs>
1: best word I can say, but uh, will describe this was boom. <laughs> Ooh, what was this? It was really good.